episode of Beginner's Mind. Today I'm starting our interview series with our life science deep tech experts from Alice Chiduchi. Alice Chiduchi is short for Life Science Get Together. Its mission is to connect life science deep tech thought leaders. To help life science founders, investors, scientists and entrepreneurs building relationships and sharing their expertise. I created this platform out of frustration that they almost found no place in Europe to connect early stage investors with early stage entrepreneurs in life science across European borders. So whenever I talked with an expert in the space of life science in deep tech development, I quickly invited to become part of the community I started building. To date in the network, you find more than 1,400 life science experts. So if you are looking for a convenient way to connect with the life science community, want to find the right people to support you, or want to share your expertise and experience, then feel free to stop by lifesciencegettogether.com or send me a mail. But who are the entrepreneurs, investors, scientists, business angels, politicians and service partners in the platform? Who are the people that are developing the next generation of noble therapies medical devices, diagnostics, and digital health solutions. In the podcasts, I will talk with people in the LSG2G network. Today, it's my pleasure to introduce Michael Lukesh, the founder of Valanx Biotech. The company is operating out from Lower Austria. Valanx focuses on a novel approach for protein conjugation, specific, fast and cost effective. So without any further ado, welcome Michael. Thank you for your time for joining our call for the podcast. Uh, what about a brief no introduction, Michael? What brought you to the life science industry? Uh, first of all, thank you, Christian, for uh, inviting me here, giving uh, me the opportunity to uh, have a little conversation with you. Um, You're welcome. Thanks for the question. Um, my, my way to the life science industry has, has been a bit winding, uh, but I think it all started out, uh, I guess, with my love for nature and the planet. So um, I, I started studying uh, way back in, in Graz, a very experimental field of study called environmental system sciences. And uh, for that, you had to, to pick a focus of, of study. And I chose chemistry because my initial plan was to move into water treatment, a bit of developmental work. And that's why I, I moved into chemistry. And uh, I almost actually quit uh, that line of study uh, because I found chemistry to be uh, at times tedious and a bit boring. But uh, I, I then said to myself, uh, just, you know, like at least finish the bachelor studies. And that's when I had the introductory course to biochemistry and uh, biology. Um, and I caught fire, like I immediately loved it. And uh, I knew what I was going to do uh, with at least the next couple of years of my life. And uh, so I moved into the direction of studying biotechnology. Um, and that's where I then did my PhD, uh, biochemistry, molecular biology, these sort of things. 
And uh, yeah, this is what ultimately then also brought me to the life science industry. When did you graduate? Um, that's, a, that's an excellent question. So uh, I'm actually still enrolled in a PhD program. Um, so I'm one of those cases who uh, founded a company without finishing his PhD yet. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's, that's still in the works. Um, I, I think I'm a bit shaky on the numbers, but I think I graduated my master's in 2015. Yeah. 2015, and then you went directly into the PhD studies. In 2017, you found, founded Valanx Biotech. Yes, exactly. Um, but what I would like to know, I mean, uh, directly after the university, how did you get started with the company? What motivated you? Um, so as I said, I was enrolled in a PhD program. Um, and uh, to be, so the, the PhD didn't plan, like work out as I planned, to be honest. Um, and I then had to, to look back and, and go like, what are my options, right? Like, what can I do with my life? How can I move forward? And I wasn't in a good enough position to actually move on with uh, an academic career. And how it looks at the moment is that uh, the academic career for, for natural scientists um, is, uh, is, is challenging. Uh, so I think the official numbers are, I mean, they, they fluctuate, but like 97% of PhD students won't get a full-time position in academia. Mm. Um, so only 3% of PhD students are able to move on full-time to academia. And this is uh, the numbers I was faced with. And uh, my output, I guess, wasn't, uh, wasn't uh, yeah, good enough to, to be included in those 3%. And so I had to look for alternatives. And... Uh, I always knew, um, because of my father, he also uh, ran a company once, I always knew that this was an option, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so with a lot of people, the problem is that they are not even aware that this is an option, that you can do your own company. Um, yeah. yeah. I, can, I can absolutely relate to that. I graduated, graduated in the 90s, and mm -hmm. uh, the number one way was join a big company. And I find it pretty amazing that you jumped directly into becoming an entrepreneur right after studying you are looking for challenges right that's right i was looking for challenges um i, I always kind of have it in the back of my head that i wanted to uh, start a company at some point and uh, during my phd studies a uh, line of work that i did there uh, led to uh, something that could be patented and then mm -hmm. uh, coordinating with the, the university um, i was then able to found the company and buy the patent from the university um, and so the TU Clouds actually supported me generously or us generously in, uh, in funding, or in founding Valance Biotech. Oh, you got support from the university? So support in that way that they initially filed the patent and mm -hmm. uh, then enabled us to actually get the full, uh, the full patent out of the university. So it was then transferred uh, to, to the company. That's great. But I think a patent is not a company alone. So what That's were your true. next steps? <laughs> what That's were your next true. steps? Um, the next steps were, so I, back then I worked with a colleague of mine, Patrick, and uh, he was also interested in actually uh, spinning out our research into a company. And uh, we were both uh, PhD students, like enrolled in, in a PhD. And uh, as a matter of fact, as a PhD student, you're not rich. Uh, so <laughs> we had to uh, find ways to, to, uh, actually come up with the money to, to do that company. And we then applied to a life science accelerator uh, called Rebel Bio, or it was called Rebel Bio back then. Mm -hmm. um, it, this is okay. like an investment uh, program of uh, SSV, who's uh, like a big in, like VC investor. And yes, we got congratulations. 
congratulations to that. It's one of the best acceleration programs in, in biotech. It's really yeah, amazing. Thank you. thank you. It was always the first one, uh, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, uh, then we left for Ireland uh, to do this accelerator for four months um, and came back to Austria after that. And uh, with that money, we could found the company. That's amazing. So pr practically you left Austria, went to Ireland and mm -hmm. then came back to officially bring your idea into a corporate shell. You already had a team, you had patents yes. and this is how Phalanx Biotech was created. Uh, I'm really yes. curious, what, what is Phalanx Biotech doing? What problem do you solve? So we solve the problem of protein conjugation. Um, this is a very specific problem to the pharmaceutical industry, uh, also a bit of biotech. Um, and, and what that means is, so when you bring protein products to the market, uh, like antibodies or antibody fragments, um, also lots of other protein products, you often want to connect these proteins, uh, also called conjugate them, to uh, like a polymer or a small molecule uh, to improve the therapeutic uh, efficacy of, the, of this molecule. And uh, the problem with the current technology on the market is that this process leads to an undefined mixture of a product, right? So you can't control the number and the location of these uh, conjugations that you make to the protein. And uh, our technology, you, you end up with a very defined uh, product. So you know you have one protein in there with like one or two or three connections and you know exactly, exactly where those are placed. And in the corporate development, where are you currently? Are you still in the development phase? Yes, we're in the R&D phase. Uh, so we, we made a proof of principle, a proof of concept uh, last year in summer. Mm -hmm. And uh, then with these encouraging data in hand, I then went out to a further secure investment uh, for the company. That's a good step forward. I mean, I can relate to what you said. Uh, starting out after graduating, uh, no money, it brings it directly on the right track because you have to talk with investors. And from what I heard from the market, you did it quite successfully yes. in, sure. the in the last year, I guess. It was 2019, right? It was 2019, yes. So closing was January 2020, but we can say 2019, yes. Yeah, okay. So practically last year, this year. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious, what was your biggest challenge during the financing round? Um, so when you talk to people, like coaching you about this investment process, um, that's exactly what I heard, right? Um, these two <laughs> points that I'm about to mention is uh, the first point is finding the right investors. Um, so not only in focus, uh, this, is, this was a major issue actually because a lot of investors are focused on hardware, um, lots of them on software development, but it's actually quite a challenge to find investors who would do biotech or like mm -hmm. hardcore wet lab biotech. Um, and uh, once you found those investors, then uh, you have the question like, do they even invest in my geography, right? Uh, so a lot of them have restriction on geography. And then uh, that actually proved to be the most challenging point is the funding amount. So we didn't raise for a biotech that much money. Mm. It was a rather smaller round. And uh, I kind of felt like I was in between, um, like in between seats. <laughs> German, right? Uh, yeah, so for yeah. the one investors we were raising, so for a business angel, we were raising too much. Mm. And for a proper biotech investor, our ticket size was just too small. And uh, this is actually like we, we met at, at BioVaria last year, right? And uh, yeah. I got to talk there to, I think they, they had this amazing investor speed dating that was very valuable. I got to meet 10 VCs there. Um, but the, the majority of the feedback was like, no, the ticket size is too small. We can't do that. Like get back to us. 
Um, so these were really the three criteria, like focus geography, and then also the, the right ticket size that they would offer. Um, that, that on the one hand, and then once we were able to get in that process and get these investors interested, it was very challenging to actually communicate the potential of the technology. Mm -hmm. Like as a, um, like even if you're an educated person in chemistry and biotech, this is a very like hidden away niche problem that we're solving. Um, and uh, so to actually, you know, like update on market potential technology, what's out there in the market to get everyone on board and on the same page is, uh, was, was challenging. I absolutely believe that uh, operating in a niche uh, and having to explain to investors who are overloaded with opportunities within two minutes, a very complex yeah. problem uh, is one of the hardest things in fundraising, I believe. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, I totally get it. Also from their side as an investor, you're constantly faced with new topics, new, new things that you have to think about. Um, and uh, so, so this switching, I think, is, can be really challenging. And uh, also yeah. on my side then to, to find a way to communicate quickly, but to not like water it down, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, that was, I, I found that to be a very, very uh, interesting process. It's pretty much the same that I experienced when, when pitching uh, technology in our space. It's most of the time very unique. And very often you have... Uh, high-level science, and I think this is also in your case, yes. which only a few people actually in the world really understands at that stage where we are operating yes. in, in the early stages. And bringing that into a format that it's pretty much is explainable to a five-year-old kid, which is necessary yes. for investors, uh, not because they don't understand it, but just because they don't have time. Exactly. So this is really, really, really one thing that every company has to be, has to take care of. Yes. And in our case, I was very thankful to the opportunity at Rebel Bio because this was a major point during the accelerated program, right? Like mm -hmm. the pitch training and how to communicate effectively if yeah. you're given three minutes of time. So I have to give a lot of credit to that program um, for being able to do that successfully. It's amazing to hear that Rebel Bio, in my opinion, is one of the best acceleration programs that we have uh, in Europe. Uh, it's operated from America. And also the other thing that you mentioned, uh, BioVaria, is yeah. also something I would recommend for early stage deep tech life science companies yes, to attend. How was your experience there? In uh, very valuable. Um, so <laughs> actually, like I, I gave uh, amazing... like. I, I gave very positive feedback to the organizers as well. I was, it was really well, well organized. Um, and the contacts I made there also proved to be very valuable. As I said, like investors speak dating for a startup where you're able to meet face-to-face -face with like 10 VCs that are focused yeah. on biotech uh, was incredibly valuable. Yeah, yeah you, men you mentioned in the talk uh, that for some investors you were too small, for others you mm -hmm. uh, were already too large. I uh, really see it the same way. Hitting the right investor with the right round size is sometimes challenging to find the needle in the haystack. Yes. Uh, but basically, whenever you meet an investor, if it's not an investor for now, it might be an investor for a subsequent round. Yeah, exactly. And what we're doing at the moment, and I can also like uh, give this, this uh, that was also advice from, from the Rebel Bio program is to build like a list of contacts of potential future investors yeah. and then update them regularly with a newsletter. So we're starting that at the moment. 
Um, and I can really just recommend that to, to everyone starting out. Yeah, I agree with that. Building relations is key to success when you want to, to fund the company up uh, to market. Yes, definitely. So it makes me curious, you have the money in on the bank mm -hmm. account, so basically you are rich now and you can do a lot Not of things with that. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, on, it's on your company's account. Yes, yes it uh, is. Yeah. What are you planning to do with the money? What are the next steps in your corporate development? Uh, lots of things. Um, so we're not bored at the moment. Um, so the, the first step is like uh, we're moving from, from pre-revenue to a little bit of revenue. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we have one product lined up that we were very close to commercializing uh, before the investment and now we're putting the finishing touches on that. Um, the majority of it is uh, technology development and uh, just lab setup. Uh, we just moved into an amazing new lab space out here in Klosterneuburg, which is close to Vienna. Mm. Um, and uh, so that, that's a major part of it. Um, and then also pitching the technology to potential pharma collaborators. So we're reaching out at the moment um, to, to companies in the pharmaceutical area and pitching them our technology and see, like, just to gauge if there is interest there and how we can move into uh, like collaboration agreements. What is your ideal customer that you're looking for? Um, that would be a company who is uh, just starting out to develop a protein uh, therapeutic or protein product that they want to have conjugated to uh, polymers, small molecules, surfaces, um, other proteins. So, yeah, that's our ideal customer. Do you, what do you think? I mean, you're hitting the market right now, so you're looking for customers. Uh, mm -hmm. For scaling the company, are you looking for additional um, financing rounds or do you rather go for uh, the customer route? Uh, both. Um, so since we, we're yeah, kind of a platform, uh, we're now facing the strategic decision between uh, like where, where do we want to go? Do we want to make our own products? And, uh, or do we just want to just in, in quote unquote, uh, want to be a technology provider? And this decision will be made into like next year. And depending on that, we will then know which route to take. But it's going to be most likely another funding route. Mm -hmm. So a combination of two revenues and, and, and funds. Yes. Max, one last question from my end. Uh, you had quite an amazing journey. You graduated in, in Austria, then went directly to Ireland to one of the best acceleration programs that from what I know uh, decline 95% of the opportunities they get presented. So you are one of the chosen ones. Then you came back to Austria, uh, closed successfully a major financing round with your company. Um, what advice would you give your younger self if you could start out again? What <laughs> learnings did you make? Yeah, like a whole wheelbarrow of advice. <laughs> so, so Let's I give came, it a go. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, as you said, I came directly out of university, right? So the learning curve was incredibly steep. It was a lot of fun, uh, but not always fun. <laughs> um, so in the beginning, honestly, I would, I would seek more advice from people who have experience in the field. Um, one thing that happened in the beginning, uh, I completely or we completely underestimated cost of uh, how much it actually costs to build a biotech company, right? Because when you come out of university, like, I don't know, 50,000, 100,000 euros, sounds like a lot of money um, until you have to actually finance a lab, right? And buy equipment and pay salaries for people. 
and then uh, you figure out pretty quickly that uh, this money goes away very fast, uh, especially in biotech, because it's just a different game to software, for example. Um, so I would definitely uh, have appreciated to talk to someone in the field uh, who, would, who could have given me some uh, like budgeting advice, like how much things actually cost. Um, and then uh, just uh, move a bit more boldly. So in the beginning, we, we took things slow, right? uh, which was good in the sense that we built on like reliable data, uh, but we could have just moved a bit faster. And then uh, in the beginning, we also had a bit of issue with commitment of uh, team members. Uh, so I would just start out to build a full-time team that's really committed from very early on. Um, so these are the three like major learnings I think I would communicate to my younger self. Michael, thank you very much for your time. I wish you all the best for developing Qualang's biotech further. And I'm pretty sure that we will have another chat uh, in one or two years again. Good fingers luck. crossed for that thank you for your time and thanks for the opportunity have a good day thanks for listening please please share the podcast and make sure you've subscribed have a great day